What's up, everybody? This is The Rookie and the Vet. I'm your co-host, Sean Smith, and with the help of my good friend, Colby Stalkup, we will take you through the recent news and notes from the NBA. Colby, how's it going in Stark Vegas? You know, it's great. For the first time ever, Mississippi got snow, and everybody lost their mind, so we got to do that. But, you know, big day for the NBA, and that's what I'm here for. Exactly right, yeah. So the biggest news yesterday is James Harden is traded from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets. Here, I'll lead out the uh, – Give you the full trade real quick. So the Nets obviously get the big piece in James Harden. The Rockets end up with Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Radinos, Kurus, four first-rounders, and four pick swaps. The Cavs end up with Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And the Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second-rounder from the Rockets. Uh, just give me your first impressions from the entire trade and uh, how the Nets and Rockets fare. First of all, like, actually, I do not think the Nets won. I think – they're at most a three or four seed in the East because you play with a Kyrie Irving who's a wild card. You never know. The dude's burning incense. You never see where that's going. Kevin Durant's a baller. He always has been. When you put him next to a player like James Harden, who's another ISO player who killed Dwight Howard after Kobe killed him and took a player like Chris Paul and made him average, now we see how good Chris Paul is. I just I don't think it works. I think – tops three or four seed, and they mortgage their future just like they did with Paul Pierce. So from my angle, uh, I really think that the Nets have to make another move, and that will be either forcing Kyrie into opting out of the season or just trading him altogether. Uh, I, I fully agree with you that I don't think that the KD, Harden, Kyrie thing will work at all because Kyrie's just a cancer. But uh, let me give you an opportunity to think about this side of it. So KD and Harden, I think that could be the best team in the East, no doubt, just those two together. I think that, uh, you know, KD can be a slippery off-ball kind of guy if Harden wants to take uh, the role as that one. And even though KD will still get his post-ups and stuff like that and, you know, go for his 25, 30 a night, no big deal. Um, but, I mean, honestly, the way that I look at it, if I subtract Kyrie Irving from this roster, which I know is a big if, but I'm going to roll with it, uh, you know, you got KD, Harden, DeAndre Jordan, who's just a fine center right now, he'll get rebounds and give him the ball. Joe Harris, who's lights out from, you know, behind the arc. Then we got Jeff Green, Shamet, Tyler Johnson, and just some other guys, some role players. And, you know, the big loss of this all is the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie is uh, out for the season. And I think that, honestly, um, you know, you keep him in the lineup, and especially come next year, this team, this team is something to, you know, reckon with. And I would uh, be surprised if I don't see them at the top of the East, you know, for the next two, three years. This is my problem with Brooklyn, though, is when they got Durant and Kyrie last year, it was one year away. Okay, they're, they're hurt this year, but next year they're coming back strong. And they come out, the bench plays great, then when he gets hurt, so, I mean, you can't blame them there, but it's kind of like, I feel like they're going to be what the 76ers are. They're always going to be one year away. Kyrie Irving's weird, because he is underrated and overhated, but also... He's a cancer, like you said. He, you just can't play winning basketball with him at your point guard. He's a great player. He was phenomenal next to LeBron James. You put him in a Boston Green, he was decent. And he's even good now, but it's just he's the weirdest piece of a good player, but he, the teams do better without him. And yeah, I know. I like with them giving up all those people, giving up LeVert, he was, it was him or Spencer Dinwiddie for me for my sixth man of the year. And when Dinwiddie went down, it was easy pick, LaVert. And getting rid of him, too, I think it's going to affect them. I love the move. It's a superstar league. But I, I, don't, I can't see him being – I can't see him beating even Giannis in the right season. 
You know, even with Kyrie, like I'll, I'll go back to reality. And it's, I mean, you stay with this current roster. If Kyrie accepts the role, which is another big if, if he accepts the role as a third guy on the team, he is now the third best player on the team. Whether or not he wants to play is still up in the air. But the fact of the matter is, Kevin Durant and James Harden will run the East no matter what. I don't think, you know, the Bucks can't stop him, the Heat can't stop him, the 76ers can't stop him, even with Kyrie. Because even though they'll want to play a, one -on a lot of one-on-one -on -one ball, you know, that team is still really, really good. And um, to be honest, I, I just think that the problem is Kyrie. Because, you know, but the thing is, all three of them want to be the alpha, right? Which, like, is kind of weird because I don't really know. Ever, ever since Kyrie has had that, you know, mantra of himself that he wants to be the guy ever since he wanted out of Cleveland, which was honestly the best situation for him looking back at it. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't really understand what his point of view is. Cause I mean, you know, you've got, you've got three of the top five players in the East. However, one of them is clearly much, much worse than all of them and cannot lead a team uh, through the playoffs like Duran Harden can. It also comes down to, I mean, there's two sides to basketball. You will never stop. I mean, if they're all clicking, which I think there's an actual chance it will be, you're never going to stop them on offense. I mean, you got a matchup with Kyrie Irving. You can't guard him one-on-one. -on -one. Durant is a seven-footer with Magic Johnson handles. You can't guard him. And James Harden's a different animal. But you got to play defense eventually. And you get rid of Allen, the front. You're really, I mean, DeAndre Jordan's basically the older version of him, so I get it. But, like, Joe Harris isn't going to come out there and guard anybody. I mean, he is there to shoot the ball. Coming off the bench, like you read it, Shemet, not guarding anybody. Levert didn't guard anybody either, but you, you're – unless they put up about 140 a night, which honestly they could, I, I just – I see peaks. I could see an Eastern Conference Finals, and just because of how bad Giannis is in the playoffs, I could even see them making all the way to the finals. But when you get down to a Clippers, a Lakers, it, it just – I can never see – even a Nuggets team, I could see beating this team. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, here, let me let me run this out there. What if uh, you flip Kyrie for a Goran Dragic in Miami? Uh, I, I could see it working both ways because Dragic understands that he is not the guy on this team because he's not the guy on his team right now. Um, but at the same time, he takes more of that, you know, underdog mentality and he's going to do everything correctly and not give you any issues and then, you know, just pass the ball to your stars. And at the same time, it works out for Kyrie because, you know, he's in because he, cause J Jimmy Butler is not an on-ball kind of player, most of the time at least, and he'll, and he'll definitely uh, take a back seat to Kyrie if he's there in Miami. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, what, what is your take on, you know, maybe a Kyrie and Drogic or however they swing it, that kind of, that kind of flaw? I could see it. I mean, if Miami could pull that off, Miami wins that trade. Because as weird as Kyrie is, he's a baller. I mean, the dude, mm -hmm. and he, Drogic, he's okay. But if Brooklyn – could get Dragic and maybe one or maybe even two picks out of it. Mm -hmm. I love this trade. <laughs> I go from hating this trade to loving this trade. Because if you give up four first-rounders, I hate it. No matter what, you could trade yeah, right. Ron James. I don't like it. But if you get two back, that's not – I would like that. I would like to see it. I would love Jimmy and Tyler. Yeah, true. All right, so let's switch gears for a second. Let's uh, look at the Rockets side of the trade. Like it, Here, I'll run over this one more time. The Rockets uh, end up with Oladipo from the Levert trade. Dante Exum. Kuru's four first-rounders and four pick swaps. This really reminds me of the Boston and Brooklyn trade from uh, a number of years ago when Paul Pierce, Garnett, all those guys ended up in uh, the Nets uniforms, and that's paid off for the Celtics, I mean, crazy good because they've ended up now with, you know, they had the James Young pick back in the day and he didn't pan out. But then the Jalen Brown pick and Jason Tatum pick 
also we're from the next. So, I mean, you just think about that and it's the same kind of ideas. I don't understand, you know, I, why the nets are so, you know, hell bent on leaving all these picks out there. And, you know, just for obviously Harden is a different animal because he's a different player than uh, KG and uh, Pierce were. Uh, they were over, they were past their primes, you know, they're not the same player. But at the same time, you know, four first rounders, that's your entire future for a couple of 32 year olds who, I mean, have three, four more seasons really under their belt um, to, to go off of. But other than that, your future is, you know, gone. What to me, how I read it from the nest side of it, it's like almost getting caught in a lie. When you just dig yourself deeper and deeper, they are known for the worst basketball trade. I mean, they, they gave up way too much for aging players. It sucked, didn't work out. And I honestly think instead of just cutting their losses, they were like, you know what? We got to do it again, and we got to show people it works. And this is the guy to do it. James Harden would be the guy to – I mean, like you said, better than KG and an old Paul Pierce. But I feel like they just try to do that. And from the Rocket side of it, they have a good starting unit now. And a Victor Oladipo that when he's healthy, mm-hmm. third-team All-NBA, always a defensive, defensive team player. I mean, but there's a realistic he's, – he's not. He's a shell right now, shell of his old self. But four first-round picks don't hurt. A young guy like Dante Exum, a first-rounder a couple of years ago, roll the dice on him, let him run out there. I, I love it from the Rockets' side. Because if you're getting rid of a guy that would never play for you anyways, I don't know. I mean, I love it. I think they absolutely won. Yeah, no, I mean, you look at the Rockets' current starting five, uh, I, think, I think people who are a shell of their old self, I mean, with John Wall who – I mean, is playing his first basketball in over a full calendar year. Depot, who's finally kind of coming back from himself, even though after he had that kneecap injury. And then Boogie Cousins. I mean, that if you had those three two years ago, that is a top five team in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, John Wallace impressed me. I did not mm-hmm. think he would look that good. I mean, I would have loved to see him be able. But I think now you give John Wall, who was impressed. I mean, impressed the heck out of me. I did not think he was going to be that good his own team now. I mean, it's him and DeMarcus. This is the old Kentucky boys. I mean, it's literally – I think they're going to be an underratedly – they're not going to make the playoffs. If, eh, maybe an eight seed. They're not, but they're not going to do anything crazy. But they will be one of the most underrated fun teams this year to watch. I really agree with you. And, honestly, I think they are a playoff team. I think uh, – I mean, Cousins, if he can get back to the same level he was before. But, I mean, you've got battle-tested guys in there. P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, just to name a few. And then – you know, the breakout star Christian Wood, who nobody really saw coming, and then the Rockets, you know, net him to a three-year deal or something like that, and he's putting up like 23 points a game, and he's all of a sudden become like a 1-4 uh, pick and roll with John Wall. And I mean, John Wall is, like you said, he's got his burst back, it feels like. And I mean, if I think if they put it together, they can become maybe not necessarily a force in the West, but I mean, kind of like an Oklahoma City Thunder team last year, who was just, you know, kind of underrated, you know, did everything correctly, didn't have a whole lot of holes, but just didn't have, you know, one necessary star on the team. I can see it. It's it's the weird. They're they're another strange team because it's Boogie Cousins when healthy, he's dominant. Because I mean, there's no centers in the league. He, he's an old style game, but he's adjusting right, so he could be dominant. John Wall's the same way, but it's also I can totally see it bottoming out and going. John Wall goes back to playing average. There's no way he'll keep up this level. I don't think Boogie Cousins is such a question mark. Bo question mark. You got guys like PJ Tucker who fit well next to Harden. But it's mm-hmm. hard not to get well next to Harden. That's the only thing I'm worried is the Harden effect of just sucking all the air out of the room, and then he leaves. I just don't know how. I don't know how they're going to run offense, but I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of just two man game, pick and roll, 
good basketball. Honestly, like I could see this being a win-win trade. Um, you know, because even if the Rockets do bottom out, like you mentioned, they still got four first rounders now, and they'll have their pick, which will be in the lottery. So I mean, it's just uh, you can't really lose that situation. And then, like I said, the it's kind of a high risk, high reward situation for the Nets. But uh, you know, we will definitely see. And you know, let's just touch on the Cavs real quick. Cavs get Jared Allen, who is a I would say quality center in the league right now. He's still only 22 years old. He's a freak on the defensive end and oh, getting yeah. rebounds. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, he'll he'll develop that offensive game, and you know playing for, you know, another nine months next to uh, Andre Drummond, probably, you know, they won't play together because that just doesn't fit at all. But then again, Drummond's contract is up after this year, and the Celtics, I mean the Celtics, the Cavs have their uh, center for the future. You think this means they're getting rid of Drummond? I mean, I think, think they'll they start should, him? I don't think they should re I don't, I don't know if they'll trade him, but I don't think they'll re-sign him. I mean, his contract is ridiculous right now. It's already like $28 million or something like that. And he's a good player, but just not, you know, you can't really have a guy who doesn't shoot like that anymore because they just got the exact same player just you know six years younger which I think is the positive and then honestly Torian Prince Torian Prince from you know my Hawks days back uh, you know two three years ago you know that was that was my guy and then they shipped him off but uh, you know it's all right and then obviously the Pacers get get a quality player in Levert Uh, Levert was really uh, coming alive and I think uh, in in Brooklyn and then uh, he's really going to be able to show what he's got uh, with next to Brogdon and Sabonis and Miles Turner in uh, Indiana. I think really touching on that, like everybody's got obviously the big part of this is Nets and Rockets. But I think mm-hmm. what you said of now they can either trade Drummond at the deadline, which I totally see happening, to maybe Boston, okay. something like that, some little, you know, or they just let him go. Either way, but they have that insurance plan, there, right? Levert, I love that fit in Pacerly. Because, I mean, you get an all defensive team. They're ever, I mean, Brogdon's a good defender. You got Simonis is up and coming. I like him a lot. I mean, you got good guys there, Miles Turner. And then you finally give them a go-to split. Vo, I loved him too, but he was defense first, offense second. You give a guy that did not care less about defense, but he is going to <laughs> score the ball on a team. You just let him go wild. I love it. I think they. I think that honestly moves them. I think from a six seed to maybe a four seed, just purely off fit alone. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't as high on the paces as you were, but I mean, coming into it, you know, my I I had them kind of on level with my Hawks and stuff like that. But now I would give the Pacers the leg up compared to the Hawks and especially all their uh, injury issues when it comes to Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Rondo, Chris Dunn. Hey, you know, go to the Hawks. The list goes on. I know it sucks, but I mean, like right now, I would rather have the Pacers core, if you will. I mean, because all those guys are under. I don't really. I don't have it right in front of me, but Miles Turner isn't. 27 and all those guys are under are yeah. under 27 so i mean that's that is a core to build with and i mean they'll have i'm sure they can make a move and get some picks and stuff like that and they'll, they'll figure it out from there but anyway switching gears once again let's flip over to our teams the hawks and the lakers one is a lot better obviously the atlanta hawks are the better team and that's what you want no i'm just kidding obviously no, the lakers have the best player in the league and obviously the best players for the last 16 seasons what have you and i mean they're just Kind of ridiculous right now. Right in front of me, I've got them. They're second in field goal percentage in the league, third in three-point percentage in the league. Uh, I've got third in total rebounding, um, third in blocks. So, I mean, that's just obviously a elite team. And, I mean, what, what have you seen from your Lakers recently? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that, but let me, let me go on a slight tangent. Okay. This Nets shows LeBron James is the go. They have to build teams that you couldn't even imagine. And, I mean, two MVPs on a team and Kyrie Irving just – and they're not even the favorite. The Lakers are still the favorite. Only. And LeBron James is, like, going on 37. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's he Kendrick Perkins tweeted out something saying if LeBron James can beat the Nets, he is the undisputed goat. Yeah. And he is one hundred percent right. If they have to crap these super teams just to handle a thirty-six year old man, you're the goat. It's it's no question asked. But anyways, getting back to the Lakers, they are they can be nervous in the same way the 73-9 Warriors may be nervous. Mm-hmm. They're almost too good. And I know that comes off like that, but, like, you give them Montrezl Harrell and Schroeder to the team that just won the finals, they're, and I, it almost makes me – and how many people are gunning for them now? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's like the Warriors when they went 73-9. Everybody wanted a piece of them. So I'm, I think they're going to easily cruise to one seed. Mm-hmm. Easily in the finals, but I do think I mean teams are going to play them hard, and they know how to stop and pick and roll a little bit better. Right. But I think if Schroeder can hit this three ball with a little bit more consistency, it's mm-hmm. it's over. And Kuzma comes out most improved like LeBron said he would. We'll be straight. <laughs> no man, you you know my feelings on uh, on Kyle Kuzma. I I think uh, so little on the, of that guy, and uh, but I guess if he's getting the endorsement from LeBron James, I guess that's a uh, Pretty good omen for him right there. Um, but honestly, back to what you said, I, I about goat talk. Um, first of all, yeah, obviously looking at the trade, um, they're they're all coming from LeBron. It doesn't even matter who you are. If you can't be LeBron, you don't deserve to win an NBA title. Um, and my opinion, I said it going into the year. I think that LeBron and Jordan are even right now. I would think that you have them a little bit. You're, you have your boy LeBron a little bit higher. But I think if LeBron gets one more, even though it's only five, I've got him as the best player of all time. And especially if he beats a star-studded team. Uh, with, you know, obviously Durant, Kyrie, Harden, or if he beats Giannis, who is, will be the best player in two years. So, I mean, that's either, either way, you, uh, you, can't, you can't mess around with LeBron, and you still got to go through him if you want to win. I'm so down on Giannis on just another trail. Really? He's the, going to always be the regular season MVP. They won't vote for him. They'll give a fatigue, but, like, he will always dominate the regular season and then just lay an egg in the playoffs. And I think he will end his career. He will be the Carl Malone of the president wow. where he just dominates statistically, but like you get in the playoffs and he will just drop it. I mean, he will, ne- I don't think he will. I hope he does. I love him. I love the group. Who doesn't? But like, I, 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 I'm so low on him. I think the bucks get to one seed and then just pull the bucks. The Browns yep. are going to Brown. The bucks are going to bucks. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I'm, I, I hate to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I do like Giannis as well. And I, I want to say that, the that second round matchup with the Heat last year was a fluke. Um, I, I want to think that the time off was not good for the Bucks. Uh, although you'd think that their team chemistry run by Coach Bud um, would be better just because that's kind of how they operate. And obviously with, I would say, the second best player in the league right now, um, although maybe not if Durant keeps playing like this, which is outstanding. Yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, I we still got to see it happen. Um, I, I do think the Nets and the Bucks are the one and two seed in the, in the East coming, come, come uh, this summer. And uh, we will have to pick see. One seed. So. You got to pick one seed. Who is it? It's still the Bucks. Like you said, Giannis is the regular the season guy. I mean, and, and like, and you know, cause that's what KD and Kyrie had already been doing it where they're taking time off and Harden's not going to shy away from doing that either. But I mean, you know, then again, they'll be fresh in the playoffs and maybe Giannis won't be. He won't be. But idea. <laughs> okay, so your Hawks. Yeah. Impressive. We talked about it before the season. We didn't know where they were going to fall. We both thought they did great in the offseason. Trayon's putting ridiculous numbers up on not many shots. Where do they fall? Where are they going? 
Look, all I got to say right now is that we are getting absolutely killed by the injury bug. I mentioned it before, but, I mean, your big-ticket signings and Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Rondo, Chris Dunn for defense, and then your number six overall pick, Okongu, hasn't even seen the four. Um, I mean, Bogdanovich is now going to be out. He fractured his knee or something. They didn't give a timetable, but Gallinari is still a question. Rondo might be back later this week, I'm hearing, but, I mean, or in the next week, but I don't, I don't really know. The problem is how they were operating last year was like a lottery team. And they're essentially playing with the exact same squad outside of Capello. Although Capello's been playing really well, which I'm really happy to see. Um, so if I just look at I'm looking at, I got Trey's numbers pulled up right here. He's only shooting 30% from three. That has to change. Um, you know, he's only shooting 41% from the field and you don't want your, you don't want your stars playing like that. I just think that's yeah. bad. And I mean, he's, He's 25 a game right now with eight and a half assists, which is under what he was last year. But at the same time, you know, he does have feels like he has more options. The thing that is really encouraging me is the play of DeAndre Hunter. He's averaging 16 points a game right now with uh, almost uh, seven rebounds a game. And I, I, every time I've watched him, he seemed more confident um, and just, you know, like it's confident in his stroke, confident. And uh, I've really seen him uh, take an affinity to driving the ball more this year, which we saw a little bit of Virginia, but he was much more of a spot-up guy last year, 3 and D. And um, I, I honestly, I hope that rubs off on my hopeful second-best player in the next couple of years is Cam Reddish. I'm so high on Cam Reddish, you know that. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, also, I would hope that. As of today, give me a today pick and a five years from today pick. Who you got, Cam or Hunter? Today it's Hunter, no, no question about it. But, I mean, five years from today, I just think Cam will become – uh, I honestly, I think his ceiling could be Brandon Ingram, like how Brandon Ingram is nowadays. I mean, which is like, you know, what, 23, 25 points a game. And, you know, the, he'll, he'll get rebounds, but I mean, he's just a scorer. And I think Cam is already better than Ingram is defensively. Um, and then if he plays, he plays with Trey and hopefully Collins, if they can re-sign him and then Hunter, um, you know, for the next, like you said, four to five years, um, I think that thing could be uh, really a force to be reckoned with in the East for years to come. So that you led into right what I was going to ask you, John Collins, what, how much, okay, obviously priority resigning, but how much is too much for John Collins? So what we saw was that they offered him allegedly was the four for 90 deal, which is about 23 a year. I want to say if my math is correct, just off the top of my head, I would do, let's see on it. Cause you can resign him for up to five years. And I would, I would go the full five if he's willing to take it. I would do five for, one, one fifteen to one twenty, somewhere in there. I'd be willing to do that because I mean, right now, I just got I got the numbers right in front of me. He's, he's sixteen. He's sixteen and eight. And honestly, that that will go up in my opinion. Um, once they get the other guys back, because you know the defense are just honing in on Trey Collins and Hunter for the time being. And I mean, that's that's why they have not been playing super great. Um, but I mean, if Collins is twenty and ten like he was last year, I have no problem giving him almost whatever he wants, not the super max, which I think what he wants with the full 30 or whatever it is a year, but I don't think he's worth that much, but just, just, you know, a little bit under that. Um, and then, cause obviously the, the problem is um, thinking about it. If you don't sign Collins this year, you have to sign Trey next year because mm. Trey will be up for an extension and then he'll be restricted. And you know, everybody's going to be throwing the super max at him just because of who he is. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, I don't, I don't really see why you shouldn't re-sign Collins, but obviously I'm not the one making decisions. He just seems like – and you know what's really surprised me is his uh, three-point three point shooting this year has been uh, – he's shooting almost 40% from three this year, which is really uh, encouraging. He's, um, he's a very underrated three-point shooter. I've seen it in yeah. him. He, he can shrug it. Honestly, like if, if uh, Kalinari can teach him how to shoot like he does and just play a little more like he does, then 
I have no problem with that at all. If Collins comes becomes, you know, a shooter like Gallinari, a scorer like Gallinari, and he's already got a better post game than he does, I would say, just because he's Gallinari was never really a back to the basket guy, um, mm-hmm. and he's a better rebounder. So I'll I'll put my uh, put my faith in him that way. But um, so yeah. Porzingis, this is my comparison for you. Don Benford. Porzingis got a five year, one fifty eight million dollar contract, about thirty million a year. You know, it's pretty much what Collins is going to be asking for. How close, if, if Collins, I'm walking, or you give me that, what would you rather possibly? My, my big comparison right now on the contracts is the fact that Chris Middleton is making about $33 million a year, and he is a friend. No, I mean, he's a, he's a lower-level all-star in the East every single year, but, I mean, his, his numbers aren't fantastic. I mean, all he he's, he's essentially a scorer and plays about above-average defense. And I don't really want to fall. And the problem is Giannis will not win with Chris Middleton as his number two, unfortunately. Um, uh-huh. And I don't, I don't really want to be in a situation where Collins is our number two. We're paying him $33 million and we have to make him be like that because I don't think that that bodes well for the Hawks going forward. Um, so, I mean, if it comes to that, because the thing is he'll enter restricted free agency, so the Hawks will have a chance to match anything. Um, but, I mean, if somebody, somebody throws some ridiculous amount of money at him, you know, they'll, they'll go three for 100 or something like that, 100 like that. I don't want to. I would not touch that if I was talking. Tell me you couldn't see the Pistons. Some, exactly. I mean, just like some team just throwing him a bat. Mm-hmm. The Knicks, something like that. Just, they've, got, they've got the money. They, they can do it. I mean, oh, they, I mean, they have Julius Randle to go. So. Uh, yes, right. Sure. I mean, but honestly, if, if we're looking at from Collins' side, if the Trailblazers want to throw $30 million at him, match, match him. I don't really know what their cap situation is, but, I mean, if they have the ability to do that, Bring in Collins, who is has crazy bounce next to Lillard, who's obviously a killer, and McCollum, who just is steady. Um, you know, I think I think that could be a real team. But uh, I re- I want Collins back. I, I do. He's he's a uh, you know great value at the 19th pick from just a couple of years ago. I I, I applaud the Hawks uh, front office and um, you know player development, and uh, they're really turning him into a player. And I, I'm glad with what we have for now. I'm with it. I like the take. I like the take. All right, well, uh, I guess that's about it. Um, Colby, appreciate you being on. Hopefully this is the first of many episodes that we've got. Absolutely. You'll get used to seeing us. All right, buddy. Keep holding it down in Stark Vegas. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. Have fun in Cockland. All right, peace.